Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Have you heard the news? The best podcast for dinosaur fans is out and a roaring good time for all. What happens when a bolt of lightning hits a digger machine on top of a site that's full of dinosaur fossils? Uh, the digger turns into Digger Rex, of course. Join Digger Rex, the half-dinosaur, half-digger, on his adventures by searching for Digger Rex on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ren, honey, you're still asleep? You're going to be late for school. Mom, what are you talking about? My alarm clock hasn't rang yet. <gasps> My alarm clock! I forgot to set it last night. Which is why you're going to be late. Up and at him, kiddo. Oh, when are you, Ren? Drac! Ren, you're finally here. Why are you so late? I forgot to set my alarm clock. Did the tardy bell ring yet? Well, not yet. Thanks to the coffin of curiosity. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice it behind you in my panic about being late. Hey, why is the coffin here? Were you going to take a learning adventure without me? The very idea. But you did need someone, or rather something, to freeze time so you could get to school without being counted late. Aw, thanks, Drag. Anytime, bestie. So, shall we begin our school day? You know, since the coffin is already here and time is paused, we could use it to learn about something. I'm all pointy ears. I was thinking, what about the concept of time? I mean, our lives literally revolve around it. The timing of this topic could not be more perfect. <laughs> See what I did there with the diamonds as well? You're going to make a bunch of time puns now, aren't you? Just like clockwork, Ren. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, wow, I am just... I'm crushing this wordplay. Just so good at it. I really am. <laughs> oh, boy. Computer, fire up! I have a thirst for knowledge to learn all about time today. Okay, setting a course for a very long time ago to find out who invented the concept of time first. Hold on tight! Holding on! Here we go! We're in ancient Egypt, the year 1500 BC. The Egyptians are the ones who invented the first sundials and water clocks, or as they called them, a clepsydra. Up until now, the only way anyone kept track of time was the rising and setting of the sun each day. So how do sundials and water clocks work? A sundial is pretty basic. It's made up of a flat plate with 12 pie-shaped sections and a stick called a gnomon. As the sun moves through the sky, the gnomon's shadow moves around the plate. Oh, like a clock! Exactly. And a clepsydra, or water clock, would come in handy if it was a cloudy day or nighttime. 
The way it works is water drips from one container into another. The container collecting the water has marks on it, which registers time passage the higher the water gets. Sounds sort of like an hourglass, but uh, in reverse. Right. Water clocks were even used by ancient Romans to time speeches. Once the water's gone, your time was up. So when were these ancient timekeepers replaced by more modern clocks? The first mechanical clock didn't come along until the 1300s, and they mostly existed in churches and would chime after each hour passed. Before we get to how clocks got smaller and, and could be found in places other than churches, I want to know a bit more about why we have 24 hours in a day. Well, this answer isn't so cut and dry, Drac. We have to go back to the Egyptians for this one. Some believe that they divided each hour of daylight into 12 segments in recognition of the lunar cycle, which there are 12 of each year, which are our 12 months. A lunar cycle. That's the period of time between each full moon, right? Uh-huh. And a full moon represents one full rotation around Earth every 28 days. So, the theory is that because the Egyptians decided if there are 12 hours of daytime, then there must be the same number of hours at night, which equals... 24! So now my next question. Why are there 60 seconds in each minute and 60 minutes in each hour? Ah, this is interesting, Drac. No one really knows for sure. According to the computer, the Babylonians used a number system called sexagesimal to make astronomical calculations, which uses the number 60 because it's convenient to make fractions. So the Babylonians decided what our seconds and minutes would be based on making life easier on themselves? Eh, I'm impressed. Right? Work smarter, not harder, as they say. I guess their ideas for how we record how our days tick by has really stood the test of... <laughs> and I think we could use a time out from all this number talk track. Ooh, nice wordplay, Ren. <laughs> um, but seriously, I need a break from all this math stuff. Let's save it until we are inside the school. have evolved throughout history. So we know that early mechanical clocks were big, mostly found in churches and chimed by striking a big bell to let anyone who heard it know what time it was. Interestingly, this was spearheaded by the Roman Catholic Church in the 13th century. They wanted a reliable way to keep time so people observed strict prayer times and daily chores. And since there were churches in every town, an entire community could keep to their schedules by the chiming of the bell too. That's right. 
Keeping time via church bells all changed in 1450 when the coiled spring was invented. How did things change? A coiled spring is what's wound up inside a clock to make it run. They can also be made small. So clocks got smaller as a result. But as we know from learning about things like computers, air travel, and phones, just because clocks were smaller didn't mean everyone had one. It was mostly the rich who could afford them for a while. Uh, what kind of clocks would the rich buy? Ever heard of a grandfather clock? Oh yeah, we have one of those in our house. Mostly because it has a spooky vibe we vampires love. Well, those clocks used to be called long case clocks for their appearance. But the name changed in 1876 when a song called My Grandfather's Clock was a big hit in the United States. Ah, uh, I like watching the clock's pendulum move back and forth. The sound is so hypnotic. The pendulum is one of the most important pieces of a grandfather clock, Drac. It's highly accurate and can keep time for years without the clock needing to be reset. The computer also says that the invention of the pendulum allowed for clocks to be 100 times more accurate than their predecessors, which spread clocks' popularity as furniture. Which soon applied to watches. As the ability to make parts smaller improved, the first watches were made, starting with pocket watches, which became popular in the 16th century. But they weren't very accurate, as early models would fall behind during the day, sometimes for hours. What helped solve that problem? Two innovations. The balance spring, which improved time accuracy, and the lever escapement, which keeps the moving wheels inside the watch moving at a steady rate. It's basically the ticking part of the watch we can hear. So now that pocket watches can accurately keep the time, is this when their popularity spread? By the mid-19th century, thanks also in part to the industrial revolutions taking place in Europe and America, watches were now much easier to mass produce and sell cheap to anyone who wanted one. What was the industrial revolution? This was a time in the world where science and technology transformed rural societies into more urban ones, thanks to the ability to quickly produce goods that were made slowly by hand by using machines instead. Got it. When did wristwatches become more popular than uh, pocket watches? Ooh, here comes a... Drag Fact Attack! It was women who made the wristwatch stylish. The first was Queen Carolyn Marat, who wore the very first wristwatch in 1810. Then, in 1868, a bracelet watch was made for Countess Koskowicz of Hungary, turning watches into fashionable jewelry. So when did everyone come around on wearing a watch on their wrist? It was a pilot named Alberto Santos Dumont, who wanted to be able to check the time while flying without taking his hands off the wheel. His friend, famous jewelry maker Louis Cartier, heard him loud and clear and made Alberto the first men's wristwatch in 1904. In the 1920s came the invention of the automatic wristwatch, which was a watch that needed to be wound daily. Ugh, that sounds like a pain in the cape. Well, the problem wasn't solved until the 1970s when quartz-powered watches were invented, which needed no winding at all. So now that wristwatches are everywhere and everyone can afford one, how does that lead to the smart watches of today? The first digital watch was introduced in 1972, which was followed by the first calculator watch in 1976. Then, the first game watches appeared in 1980. I'm guessing that these watches couldn't do any of those things all at the same time? Nope! It wouldn't be until 2015, with the introduction of the Apple Watch, that a timepiece on your wrist could do all the cool stuff we take for granted today, including take photos, make calls, keep our health data, and more. Imagine someone from the pocket watch times seeing us speak in two hour watches. They think we're bananas. 
Well, we are, but in the best possible ways. Okay, Ren, one last question, and then we can get to school. Time zones. What's up with those? Time zones are the brainchild of a Canadian engineer named Sir Sanford Fleming, who proposed the world to be divided into 24 zones that were 15 degrees of longitude apart. Uh, why 15 degrees? The Earth rotates 15 degrees each hour over its 24 hours, which equals 360 degrees. Math, you'll strike again. Math is everywhere, Drac. Anyway, the idea wasn't universally used until 1883. That's when the U.S. railway system adopted the use of time zones as people started using public transport to go far distances across the country. This was helpful because at that point there were 75 time zones alone in the country. That must have been so confusing. Now imagine that happening all over the world. A standard system of know what time it was at all times any place in the world was needed. So that's how time zones were born. It's pretty cool to think that flying in either direction anywhere on Earth sends you forward or backward in time, thanks to the time zone concept. Totally. So, is your thirst for knowledge quenched? Uh, and then some. This time stuff is a lot to wrap our heads around. But without it, we wouldn't have a measurement of our days, weeks, months, and years. And when to be in class. We should probably do that now. Thanks again for pausing time with the coffin so I wouldn't be late, Jack. Ren, I have a confession to make. I was running late too. You were? What was your excuse? I forgot to do my math homework last night. Can I take a look at yours as we head into school? Just make it quick, Drag. <laughs> okay. If you enjoyed today's episode of Drag, make sure to press that follow button so you can join us for the next episode right here on Go Kid Go Network. like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts.